On the grind, on the ground, on the grind. And we missed the grind one time. We do apologize for not bringing you guys brunch culture. Last week, we just had a lot of stuff going on. Lisa had me running around like a chicken with my head cut <laughs> Blame me because I'm at fault. Yeah, it's all Lisa's fault. Yeah. It's fine. I've been in situations where people put the blame their whole life on I know how to do it. You said their whole life failures? All the failures? Everything is my fault. It always whole, is my fault. whole failure. <laughs> all on you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, you have to move past it. Life is life has shifted for me. Um, you gotta progress. Thank God for shifting. <laughs> but, <laughs> anyways, on the scroll this week, um, uh, we have some interesting things that happen. So Ashley Madison is destroying people's lives. Really. Completely destroying lives. Yeah. Destroying relationships. And well, I guess it's not yeah. Ashley Madison's fault because it's the people who've chose to get on there that really destroyed it because they have to take personal responsibility for their actions. Well, let's blame that. Let's blame. Let's blame the the hackers. It's the hackers' fault. Okay, because we're not really putting person. We're not gonna take ownership. We're just gonna find somebody else to blame. Who takes ownership? Well, you in this generation, a lot of people don't. Why take ownership when you can just point the finger at someone else? Yeah. Lisa, it's a, what are you doing with yourself? Yeah, I mean, that's it. That maturity is taking ownership. <laughs> Personal responsibility for your own failures. I mean, it, no, no need to do that when we can just blame somebody else. Like, <laughs> where's the fun in just saying that it's my fault that I shouldn't have signed up on here? <laughs> Who does that? Why not just point the finger at someone else? Well, yeah, I, I mean, the Duggar dude, he actually, um, he actually took personal responsibility. He said he's the biggest hypocrite ever. Um, is and this is this a, this is the same Duggar dude that like messed with the kids? His sisters, yeah. Yeah. See, he, he tried to tell people like, but th- this is how you know people have it like. If things are swept under the rug for people and people don't have to, like, pay consequences for their actions uh, or, you know, there is like not a genuine before things hit the fan, like a genuine sense of I'm sorry, I'm remorseful. Here are the, the steps that have been taken for me to recover from this. You undoubtedly will find that these people continue to operate in these spaces of like secrecy and lying and. I mean, not to compare the two to say that they're the same thing and one leads to the other because they don't. But it's just kind of not shocking that here we are. You're in a situation where you are part of this site that is specifically because I didn't know what it was until um, I think maybe it was you that mentioned Ashley Madison. I was like, what's that? Um, but I like this site is dedicated to cheating. Like, that's the whole point. It's, the tagline is life is short. Having a fear. Yeah, like that's the that's the whole point of this site being put together is that it's so that an opp- to create an opportunity for people to cheat. So it's not really shocking that you're participating in something when you're lying, when you've kind of been supported and promoted and told that it's okay that you can sweep something as heinous as molesting your sisters under the rug. Like they created it. His parents created the space for this to happen. They told him it's okay. Yeah, you're a dugger. Let's just do it. Well, the only the the bad thing is, and and this is, he was such an advocate for strong family values. He worked for the family council in D.C., which was a family. I don't even think I'm saying it right, but it was a uh, a a lobbying group just for families, like the promotion of traditional families. Um, mm-hmm. And he was very vocal against, you know, um, gay marriage destroying family, the family unit. And so him being that vocal about it and him saying that he, on business trips that he was supposed to be promoting traditional family values, a biblical, uh, a biblical family 
that he was cheating on his wife. Ashley Madison is in the Bible, I guess. <laughs> it's just it's she, and, and he, she's not. He, I don't. I didn't. I never read. I haven't read that part. You didn't read that part. Y'all, they y'all didn't get there in seminary school. That's what it was. Okay, it was in. It was in. Um, I see. It was in Genesis chapter seventy-two. Okay. Exactly. Okay. He, and here again, though, here again is why I get so passionate about people that take these strong stances. It's not because you can't believe what you believe, but you seem to not provide context for people that haven't had the life that you have been that you have been afforded the same opportunities people that weren't raised the same you were raised like there's so many different ways that and reasons why people believe different things and it's not to say that people are wrong but it's like when you take these positions so strongly against something knowing that you aren't even acting it out in your own life honestly save the whole i'm the biggest hypocrite in life we know that like i don't don't give me this statement to say like, oh, he feels so remorseful because he's calling out his truths and his facts. Like nobody really cares about that because you are not upholding and being honest truly about what's your reality. Like your reality is not what you're proclaiming it to be, but because your struggle or your life or your beliefs is different from someone else and yours is the more or accepted view, you kind of want to isolate and ostracize other people and tell them how wrong they are when in essence the things that you say you believe in, clearly you don't believe in, you act it out. Like, you gotta check yourself. Yeah, so I I feel so bad because there's so much brokenness that's coming from this with um, in families and, um, you know, secrets obviously destroy families, uh, especially marriages. Um, so I feel bad for all the wives who didn't know this was going on um, that are heartbroken at this point. Um, and, and the husbands, too, because sometimes, you know, you don't you don't really feel you're, you're going to be hurt because the, your wife is hurt. Well, you should. I hope. Well, I, I was going to say, well, Lisa. <laughs> I would hope so it's brokenness on both ends um and so I would hope that you know people are able to get healing sometimes exposure you know is able to bring the healing that because secrets are hard to keep like that that kind of weight usually if you have a conscience it can be it can weigh on you a lot so maybe they're able to get freedom from this I don't think this guy had a conscience. Like, well, I'm not. I'm not talking about the Duggar dude. I'm just talking about the other millions of men who won't actually. <laughs> Dang, bro, that was a low blow. The other millions of men. Yeah, <laughs> But in other shocking, shocking and sad. <laughs> another shocking. shocking and sad. Yeah, shacking. We're not talking about shacking, but this guy probably should have been shacking. Um. So, Mr. Jared, the Subway guy, I don't even know this. Do do we know his last name? Is that the thing? Uh, Jared from Subway. We all know him as a guy that lost a whole lot of weight, apparently, and which is not like new headlines this week, but apparently there's like new, I said Subway knew that this guy actually did possess and was kind of had like an affinity for child pornography and even admitted to, I think he admitted to like molesting two kids or something like that, Um, which is a really... I don't know. And I, I'm not I'm not a person that is so big into the hype of like who you said you are. Like this guy really did. From my understanding, just watching the commercials, he just talked to us about losing weight and how great it was that he lost weight because he ate the five dollar uh, foot long at Subway. Like he never even talked about like what his moral code and stuff like it, that is. So for a lot of people that were shocked is like, well, I mean, you know, he never really kind of talked about this stuff. But the thing that kind of blows my mind is that, like, you know, with Bill Cosby. And I, I I don't I had somebody that told me when I like mentioned it was like, well, you shouldn't, you know, derive at this. It's so like uh, we always try to do that. And this person was black. Um, black people are always trying to do this. You're always trying to, like, make this racial thing or, you know, make it like, a well, if you do for one, you can't do for the other. But I'm like, well, guys, look. Yes, Bill Cosby is uh, one of the the. the rem- the responses that I've read on, on social media was that Bill Cosby is a mega star, right? You know, that's the, it's not debatable. Like he is, you know, he's a staple, he's a legend, but he's a public figure that messed up and, or 
has done like things that are wrong and it's not excusing bill cosby at all it's not saying that he shouldn't catch any heat but i think it you have to say something about like this jared guy's kind of he's not being like drugged through the mud in the way and i think that this is pretty bad like this is pretty darn bad that you know this dude is into child pornography and has admitted to you know molesting children like do you think it's because he confessed and they bill cosby won't admit to this thing and so people i think he would silence his critics if he just said i did it and hush and he would but he said but we but we have the uh we have the court documents where he admitted to purchasing um the 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 pills it, with a mindset that he was going to give it to women unknowingly. So in essence, I don't really think that that's the case because but he's still he's saying for some women that are coming out that he doesn't know what they're talking about. So they're going to keep coming out and saying, you know, because it was some women just came out last week. And I'm just like, I don't know where these women are coming from. They're coming out of woodwork. But, um, you know, he, new women keep resurfacing in his you know his attorneys are kind of like oh some for some of the women i don't even know what they're talking about you know they're slandering mr cosby's name i don't think that you i'm not i'm again i'm not here to say that like bill cosby should not receive any heat because i mean honestly it is it it is that is it's it's an issue and it's something that he hasn't spoke on it's something he hasn't admitted to but this jared dude i just kind of feel like the media, mainstream media, continues to perpetuate and to talk about this story about Bill Cosby, and they, like, roast him. And mainstream, not even mainstream, like, media in general, social media roasts Bill Cosby. But, like, it just kind of seems like this Jared guy is just somewhat, in terms of, like, an image perspective, it's kind of getting off a little scot-free. Like, the he is not as high for Jared as it is for Bill Cosby. And well, he going to prison. But when we, we look at social media, social media is a huge thing, right? Yeah. How many memes negatively have you saw about Jared? How many of you saw about Bill Cosby? Exactly. How many of you see about Bill Cosby? Like, exactly. And so my thing is like, as people, as culture, as society, you know, we have to be very, very fair in terms of our positions and be mindful of we're treating a certain person a certain way and we're not treating another person another way. And I'm not going to even say like, it's a race thing, even if it's a standpoint of like, hey, OK, you know what? Bill Cosby is a mega star. OK, so then you check your expectations for this mega star because you expect this person to not have any flaws. And you're so hurt when this person does have a flaw or is messed up or, or does something that's just pretty sick and, and jacked up and deranged and shouldn't be done, which it is. But you're so hurt and so disappointed that it's Bill Cosby. Check yourself like you can't you can't give a person that much because at the end of the day, they're just a person like you. You see them a lot more. They have a lot more money, a lot more popularity, fame and notoriety. But at the end of the day, they are people. So, like, let's ch let's check that is checking nothing else. Yeah, true, true. Well, in other news this week, Nicki Minaj. My anaconda don't my anaconda don't. My anaconda don't want none unless you got funds, hun. Uh, oh my God, Becky. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, good old Nikki M with the wax doll. Um, people going crazy about this wax doll, which I was when I saw it. I I don't really know how I took it. I <laughs> well, because I, I first saw the face, I saw a picture of the face. And they were like, Nicki Minaj gets a wax doll at Madame Tussauds wax. And I was like, that's Nicki Minaj? Like, it doesn't to me. And a lot of people say, I mean, Nicki Minaj tweeted and said that, like, it was a big deal. Or it was, like, epic. Or it was iconic. That's what she, she, that's the word she used. She used that it was, like, iconic that she has it. Which is iconic. But I just don't think that the wax doll looks like Nicki Minaj. Um, it kind of looks like Angelina Jolie that, like, maybe steroids. So she kind of got big. Um, like the face, like the, it just, it doesn't look like Nicki Minaj to me. Like I'm looking at it now and maybe it looks like it 
count it in the eyes, but it really don't look like Nicki Minaj. Anyway, Nicki Minaj is her Madame Tucson uh, wax doll. It's her bent over. It's like supposed to be a recreation of the Anaconda video. And people have been going up to the wax doll. There's one, there's one picture of this guy. He's a, um older guy. And he puts his mouth basically on her backside and like puts his face in it and a uh, fan tweeted with basically like an, with an issue and so apparently Madame Tucson supposed to be adding a barrier so people can only see it and actually can't walk up to it there's supposed to be like some attendants in there that's supposed to be watching it to make sure that people aren't doing all these, these crazy things but I low-key kind of think is like something that y'all should have thought about before y'all put the up um I don't know how many other female rappers are in this particular mute wax museum but i just kind of think that maybe you guys should have just handled it a little differently like there was another scene there were other things that you guys could have done from that video other things that she did uh maybe have like you know her in the outfit and like have the background just be like her standing up or i don't know just like they all fours what did you expect people to do like i, I know you, you had to think that People weren't just going to walk by with her in stands when all the other wax dolls are standing up looking like, you know, they got they want somebody to take a picture next to them. What did you think people were going to do with this picture? Did you think they're going to stand next to it and be like, oh, this is so nice. It's Nikki. Of course, they're going to try to engage with it and do things like that. Like the response is just kind of crazy because it's like y'all didn't think about this at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, people are interesting. Um, you never know what they're going to do. Uh, and this is, I mean, I guess you can almost think because it is Nicki Minaj that they potentially are going to do this, but yeah, the video was already, uh, something that caught a lot of attention. So, you know, this was going to catch a lot of attention too. So, yeah, maybe they just probably did it for kicks and giggles. Like, well, they probably, no, no, they probably did it just for the fact that they knew that this was going to be a thing. And so it's going to drive more people to come, you know, to come to the museum to see these wax dolls because it's Nicki Minaj and the Anaconda video and they want to see things like this. I don't know. It just kind of seems like this really shouldn't. If Nicki Minaj is not complaining about it, I'm not going to complain about it. But I think that uh, one would have to say, like one would just wonder for me, why did y'all, why can y'all have done something else? Like I've done, you know, I've had like, she's had bigger songs the super bass song, I think, probably was her biggest song because that's when she was like doing the whole pop thing. So like, why not do a recreation of that? Why do like Anaconda? I don't, I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't know either. But something that tragic happened this week. A Virginia shooter. Um, he was actually he actually worked for the station. Um, decided that he was going to um shoot uh another journalists and cameraman on air this was live and the thing is he recorded himself doing it and it was just like he he said that there was um he and then he there was a chase and he killed himself as well but he had like a 23 page manifesto he said he did this was dylan um dylan and the charleston shooting was the like final straw for him and he knew that he had to take action because dylan wanted the race war so he was going to give him one and there had been he had been he said he had uh, been sexually harassed and um he was um target of racism while he was at the station, which is hard to believe in Roanoke because I lived in Lynchburg and there's still a lot of racism in that area. So I can believe that he probably was the target of racism. Um, That is believable. It doesn't give you an excuse to shoot anybody, but I, I can believe that that did that experience did happen to him um so i wasn't there i don't know but i can it's it's believable in that area so i just it was it was so tragic and my heart goes out to the families of the victims who were who were killed my thoughts and prayers are with them and the family of um the shooter um his family as well um because he was very troubled i'm not sure if he mentally unstable or Obviously, it's a mental. I'm. I'm not sure if he had a history of mental illness. I know the people well, at the station were saying that he was kind of irate at times. Yeah, I was gonna say that from what I what I read, like he's he's had a history of like needing anger management and just kind of acting out. And you know, one of the um, apparently, I read something that said like 
maybe the director or whoever his his the guy that was that had to fire him as he was leaving he gave him like this wooden cross and was like you're gonna need this or something like that um and it's just it's one of those things man it's so inhumane and it just makes you say like what have we come to i think people really do these things because in some sick way they feel like they are going to be iconic by going out in a certain way and it's so so sad and it's so unfortunate because on one end you want to say like let's address a mental issue and then on the other end i just become so disgusted at the fact that somebody would think you set up a camera to record yourself killing someone else like how inhumane is that how sick does your mind have to be in order for you to think that this is something that should happen um and that's something that's going to make you know people talk about you and you're going to go down as just this notorious guy like it it is really just disturbs me to, my core to know that there's not one but there are people that think that they are okay things like you know let me do have to do so that i can be you know remembered it's just it's, it's really unfortunate i think that you know people one of the things that i mentioned was that when people get access to guns, like there really needs to be some sort of change, some sort of process needs to happen. But I mentioned it to a friend, like, oh, you're talking about gun reform. And I'm like, well, how many people have to die? And before you say, like, wait a minute, hold on, we got to look at this thing. Because literally people are just able to just go out and get things. And they have a long history of, you know, mental disorder. Not saying that this is this guy's, this guy's issue, but... They have a history of uh, uh, of mental illness or they have anger management, document anger management histories or they, you know, they've been a part of some sort of program or something like that. Like and it doesn't eliminate people and it doesn't, you know, stop these people. But there's some sort of like control that is stopping just anybody from getting access to something that can really take some life because the difference is like you snatch someone up to live and that's final. These people don't get to come back. The girl, the, the anchor, the female anchor that was killed, she was like, the, I think her husband posted that they had just got married, and it's just like, man, she's gone. Like she won't yeah, be back. Engaged. They're engaged, yeah. Like, and they just like moved in together, and it's like she is gone. That's irreversible. She won't be back. But we keep talking about, oh no, don't put laws on my guns. Oh, they just killed another one. Oh well, you know. It just happens. Like, come on, guys. Like, that's just not. Th- th- we need to have a honest discussion about this because this is really problematic. Yeah, and I want to know what the mental evaluation process is for what for guns. There is, like, there's no. I thought you can't like they don't evaluate to see if you have a history of mental illness. Where? Like, I think, and if there is one that I don't know about, it's very, very like surface. Like, oh, have you saw somebody yesterday? Oh, okay, well, no. But yeah, it's not really a thing. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, it definitely needs to be some some form of uh, evaluation going on. Some sort of controls to make sure that, you know, people just aren't like getting up and doing stupid things like going to kill someone on camera because I think it's a good idea. No. Yeah definitely tragic so yeah so move to our main dish yes we're gonna take a break and we will be back for the main dish Today for the main dish, we have a very, very special young lady on the phone. She is a musician, a lover of God and people, and an entrepreneur, Miss Melanie Monroe. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so honored. (laughs) And if y'all don't know, Melody is the, she created our intro. Yes. Our great intro we would not have if it wasn't for Miss Melanie. And look, I love it, man. I listen to it all the time. I was telling Lisa just a few weeks ago, and I got hyped all over again. I was like, yo, our intro is dope. She's like, yeah, Randall, we've been Aww, using it for a while now. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> you're musically inclined. Yeah, I mean, you know, that prophetic ministry when it comes to names, man. Hey, who who would have thunk, right? Right. But, you know, the Lord works sometimes. <laughs> I didn't I didn't get that. You said prophetic ministry? Sure. Yeah, because my name is Melody. And oh, I create oh, you create melodies. melodies. Oh, okay. Yeah, Come on now, there's a word wow. now. Yes. Wow. <laughs> melodies. So Melody went to. She was a seminary student with me at uh, Liberty. Uh, hey. We were the the three black people there. Um, it was another person <laughs> with us. Yes, we were the token black. <laughs> my, other, my roommate was also. She Melody gave me her roommate when she she graduated a year before me, and so her roommate became my roommate. It's my, uh, you know, your gift to me. <laughs> it was charity. My, my uh, you know, my most reasonable service. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, we we had no Melody on today because she tweeted something. Sometimes she goes on these tweet tangents, um, and uh. Well, they're kind of rants, I guess. Yeah, they're, they're rants. Just call them what they are, Lisa. They're rants. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she tweeted, uh, I got more healing at Essence than I did at any church conference. And I thought that was, uh, and I, I, I was scrolling and that, that really stopped me in my tracks. It, mm-hmm. it, my finger stopped. That's a bold statement. Yeah. A really bold it. statement. Yeah. So I was like, we're going to have to have her on uh, Brunch Culture to unpack that. So Melody. <sighs> Yeah. You know, uh, t- tell us a little bit about that statement. Yeah, so, um, <clears throat> yeah, so it kind of is around the time of Essence, which happens uh, every 4th of July weekend. And this was uh, my first time going to Essence Festival. Um, so I really wasn't sure exactly what to expect, but I knew it was going to be jam packed. I had kind of seen the schedule and everything. Um, and, um, it just so happens, you know, after leaving Essence, there was another a conference happening. Um, I live in Atlanta, so there was a conference happening around the same time uh, for women. And Essence is kind of tailored to women. It's not exclusively for women, but it's kind of tailored to women. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's kind of why it was still in the back of my head and the experience was still fresh um, for me. Um, and so, you know. To be very honest, you know, I was saw kind of the itinerary for this this Christian conference that was coming to town. And I it was about biblical womanhood and body image and uh, (laughs) modesty, which are all great, necessary conversations, you know. Um, But for me, I think, um, you know, because I've been a Christian for a while now and I've been to almost Every type of conference, I think, can be created. <laughs> All the, you know, the, the brunches, every, I mean, everything, the, the, the shut-ins, the youth services, I mean, you name it, I've probably been to it. And I'm not a, you know, I don't claim to know it all or anything like that, but, uh, I've been in the game for a minute now. You're well-versed. That's what it is. You're just yeah, well-versed. Yeah. That's what it is. Well-versed. Great. So, um... And I, you know, I said that I said, I, you know, because I think that kind of qualifies me to say what I'm going to say. And it just kind of triggered something in me because um, when I went to Essence, it was so holistic um, and really acknowledging um, the whole person, like mind, body and spirit. And what I find is a lot of times at Christian conferences, um, particularly tailored to women, mm-hmm. a lot. The whole woman isn't being acknowledged. Um, she's usually being reduced uh, to the things I name, which is, OK, well, what do you have on? What are you wearing? Are, is your skirt too high? Is it too tight? Um, and, you know, how do you feel about yourself? Are you trying to be like Beyonce? <laughs> and also, what are you doing to serve your husband and your kids? And it's like as a woman, as a single woman, first of all, I don't have kids. I don't have a husband. Um, And as you know, and and let me let me, you know, let me say this first, though. Um, I think those conversations are very important, um, particularly for new believers. And I'm not saying they're not relevant for believers who have, you know, been in the faith for a while. They're always relevant. They're always important. But I just I would love to see 
those type of events and Christian conferences and women conferences go deeper and start to acknowledge, you know, women as a whole being um, and, you know, touch on some practical areas of life. Uh, it doesn't always have to be Proverbs 31. It doesn't always have to be Esther. Um, you know, we can actually talk about, you know, the things that really happen in our everyday lives. So that's kind of what I meant for that. <laughs> And I'm sorry that we laugh, but the fact that you say, like, she's like, we can talk about things that happen in our everyday lives, guys. Like, let's let's just talk yeah. about reality, because today no. is Tuesday, and when I leave here, there's reality's going to hit on Tuesday. Randall. So let's talk about it. Oh, <laughs> Randall. And because, you know, another thing that I mentioned is just it's it's it kind of disheartens me, you know, and I wonder how many people and this is for men and women. But how many people walk into Christian spaces, you know, whether it's inside a church or not, but how many people walk into Christian spaces and still leave with the burdens they came in with? You know, um, are we really touching on the things that are happening in people's lives and, and answering it with the gospel, of course, uh, you know, with, which is the ultimate solution? But we have to have these conversations, you know, and, and it it concerns me, you know, that I'm not seeing them happening um Mm -hmm. in church so yeah so what what are the type of conversations you think women need to have because one thing you said to me that i thought was really good was um faith is not the end practicality is not the enemy of faith and i think that's something that people need to um to to think through and i think you you brought it interesting when you were talking to me on the other day um, your kind of, I, I don't know if I want to use the word evolution, uh, the way you've kind of <laughs> changed your perspective since when I, when our, our, uh, math, our grad school days, yeah. um, how, you know, different situations mm-hmm. in your life, um, have really kind of ch- changed and shaped your perspective on different things. Yeah. So what, what, yeah. what, do you, what are some things you think? kind of need to be addressed based on your new experiences yeah let me preference this by again saying i haven't done it all seen it all i don't know it all all i can talk about is you like you just said the things that i've experienced and kind of how it's shaped me in my worldview um and you know when in seminary <clears throat> it was a very uh i mean we went to seminary in lynchburg virginia which is kind of a secluded weird type <laughs> of town anyway <laughs> Um, and so you add hyper Christianity and like seminary to the mix and you're just in this secluded world. Um, and it's very easy to get caught up, um, in Christian culture and let that in have your world in there. But the world does not end there. And thankfully, um, as God would have it, when I left seminary, um, I started experiencing a lot of things that I hadn't experienced prior to seminary. So, you know, and and I think it was, you know, uh, partially because of everything that's happening right now in America uh, with, you know, police brutality, with gay rights, with human rights. And I mean, there's just a lot going on with, you know, gun control. So it what it does is offer opportunities for Christians to be involved in, I think, in uh, spaces where they otherwise maybe wouldn't have. And um, that's what kind of what happened to me. I, I'm a musician, so um, I would go to these like open mic events and I, you know, uh, perform in secular spaces and where literally the person before me would be talking about how much, you know, he hates God, you know, and then I would come up and <laughs> talk about like how Jesus is the reason for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> You know, but that experience, you know, afforded me the chance to really gain some friendships with people who were completely different from me, you right. know, and made friends with like lesbians and, and transgender people. I mean, it's amazing. And, you know, I've I've uh, protested with with Muslims and, um, you know, it kind of just opens up your world, um, you know, when you have those type of type of experiences. And so, um to go into Christian spaces and see sometimes how exclusive it can be and how honestly just blind. Um, and I don't know if that's a conscience, 
conscious decision or not sometimes, but blind to the world around us is kind of disheartening. Um, but when it comes to women, uh, specifically, you know, one thing that I really appreciate about Essence is just they touched on everything. I got me a little bit of church in. I was able to worship, you know what I mean? And I was also able to like get tested for AIDS and, you know, uh, eat good and had some great musical performances. And they talked about entrepreneurship and they had like a, a pitch event, uh, for women entrepreneurs. And, um, they had like a professional networking, uh, space solely dedicated to that. Um, those are the type of things I would like to see, um, at Christian women conferences because, Although we're Christians and we're not of the world, we're still in the world. And, you know, when Christians enter these spaces, I feel like it can be a powerful opportunity to witness the love of Christ, to practice the love of Christ. Um, you know, so, yeah, that's the type of things I would love to start seeing. Just like some practical stuff. Like, you know what right. I mean? Like, literally, like, it's OK. Like, I want to go to a, a Christian conference for women where they do bra fittings. I want to see like a dance floor. <laughs> I would love to see like sports and exercise, book clubs, organizing so we can protest together. I mean, all that kind of stuff. I would love to see that, you know. So one of the things I think about when you mention this melody and you can kind of um, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm coming from coming from a space of. So everything, there's like a business and a formatting to it. And these things have to be like written off or signed off by people in order to do um, and so I just imagine that if as a man, if a man has to be the prover or the overseer or is at the head of or, um, you know, has to like co-sign on these types of conferences and things to happen. There's certain things that we just don't know. And I talk a, a lot of things I learned. I mentioned to you before we start recording about the hashtag black church sex and seeing a lot of women uh women that proclaim that that are self-proclaimed Christians or that are Christians and they t they talk about the things that they experienced in the church and kind of like this like silencing if you will of like the female experience and different things like that so do you think it's something that happens as a result of men being in control of these events or do you think that it's more of like a large scale just kind of like a cultural norm in church or in the large world where we just kind of just don't talk about certain things, like certain things just don't happen. Yeah. Good question. Well, I think, um, I think culture is, uh, primarily formed, uh, based around male opinion, male consumption, uh, culture in general. Um, and so I don't think the church deviates too far from that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I think I think it comes down to the nitty gritty, like you said, about who's in charge here, um, who's okaying these things, you know. And, and I think, you know, a lot of times and I've seen it where it may be a male pastor or something. But if it, when it comes to a women's conference, there's usually a woman over the um over the event who kind of, you know, uh, spearheads everything and decides how it's going to go, the programming and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, so in some ways, I think it can be a result of kind of just. Uh, and I don't want to put a negative. I don't want to say male leadership is, is negative at all. That's not what I'm saying. But like sometimes, yeah, no. like you said. Just yeah, just yeah. ill-informed, just ill-informed. Yeah, and right, I, right, right. Yeah, and I can just speak from, there's a lot of things just in talking to, like, female friends or, like I said, like, reading things online that it's it's just ignorance, right? Like, one would never think, unless somebody puts you into, puts it in your face and says, hey, look, this is how this is happening to me. It's something that, honestly, like, we mm. would just overlook and just not know. Um, and with that, I guess my next question is, what types of things practical things that you think that can be done so that as men, we are aware of things that are important to, to women. And I, I think one of the things that I, I will, t I tell people all the time that I support the feminist movement, but sometimes I'm really, as a person that's from the South, I just get lost. And so I'm just kind of like, well, you know what, whatever floats your boat. Cause I don't understand because I have, I've, I've shared before that I've had experience where, you know, in the South, we chivalry is a big thing. So you hold doors for women and, you know, you, you got to like 
you you basically you consider and cater to a woman, even if you don't know her to some degree. And then I moved, you know, further north and people are like telling me that it's offensive that I'm holding the door for them or I'm saying things like ladies first and those things. So it's kind of like a. I'm like, I don't really know what to do. So you tell me and I just do it. Like, I, at there that, you go, brother. Things, yeah, certain things is like, I just don't, <laughs> I don't really know. So I'm just, what, yeah, what I mean, things, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, what types of things can men do or should men do to kind of be more in tune with women's issues or things that are important to women besides the normal, you know, the, the kind of surface things that we hear about all the time? Yeah, um, that's a really good question, um, Randall. Um, first of all, I gotta, I have to address what you just said, though. Um, <laughs> I think it can be hard for the brothers nowadays, you know, because the times are shifting and you don't know how to, you know, necessarily serve a woman. But like you said, man, hey, every woman is different. That's, that's the foundational, like, never think two women are exactly alike, you know, and, um, that's probably a best bet. Like you said, ask, ask the woman, man, you know, what, what, how do you like to be treated? You know? Yeah. Uh, and then that's, that's really, that's really kind of the gist of it all. Are men asking women questions? Are they listening? You know, that's really kind of what it comes down to. Um, and I feel like if men, you know, if you were in a, a place where you wanted to understand women more, understand their, their struggles, some of the challenges they face uh, as Christian women and things, ask questions, be willing to listen, empathize, put yourself in her shoes. You know what I mean? Uh, which I just don't see a lot of. I just to be very honest with you, uh, a lot of brothers, man, they just the empathy thing, man. You know, like if this were you, how would you feel about it? But because, you know, and that's and uh, I, the last thing I would say is just, you know, try to recognize your privilege. Because right. you are privileged, you know, right. and it's important that you understand the ways in which you are privileged to help you kind of uh, navigate through it and, and um, you know, fight against it. So, yeah, I I think, too, um, to add to, like, why people are in a making decision, going back to making decisions, like when we have people who make decisions that are in a bubble like when me and Melanie were saying we were in Lynchburg and we were kind of in a bubble. That's why I mm-hmm. try to go to D.C. every weekend. But, <laughs> you um, did. You did. <laughs> I had to get out. I had to see people that oh lived in the goodness. world. <laughs> <laughs> they live in the world. Seriously, <laughs> man. But um, when you when you're like in that bubble twenty four seven, you're you're disconnected from what's going on in the world. Right. So all you're doing is pulling at straws and as to what what you need, what other people need, because you're not really connected to people to figure out what they need. So you're like in this ivory tower looking down like, oh, okay, I think. And then you're looking at TV for P's and Q's on what's really going on when TV gives you like some sense, but it doesn't really give you the day to day of people's lives. Right. And so you're you're basically saying, OK, Beyonce is hot right now. We need to teach women to 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 be modest, <laughs> to uh, not exactly. show everything, you know, exactly. or, you know, marriages are on the rocks, uh, according mm-hmm. to statistics. You know, everything is I'm looking at stats. Everything is I'm looking at TV and I'm not really connected with day to day people. Yeah. So everything is coming from like statistics. Everything is coming from research. While those things are good, they can misrepresent somebody you meet in the grocery store. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you've boxed them into this category and I've done it several times, so I'm not exempt from it. So I understand how you get caught up. And then think this is what a person needs. And it's really not. You just box them into some statistics and say, okay, this is this is a list of things I've researched. And, you know, now, but I'm disconnected because I'm not talking to you on a day to day. So I just boxed Mm. you in to some stats. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's one of the things that makes people say, okay, I think this is what you need without really taking the time to listen to wow. figure out what you need exactly yeah man we we gotta be uh you know in the community and uh amongst the people i mean when you look at jesus's life and his ministry 
he was so much in the trenches like he was like chilling with a, a woman at the well like what was he even doing there like you know but that's how much he the, the lengths he went to be with people you know and that song uh, i am everyday people comes to mind because that's how we need to be oh, man. man we need to be in right. there and you like <laughs> well thank you lisa <laughs> <laughs> no, because I do that too. I break out in song. It just don't go that way. Oh, but, this, okay, Lisa's oh. struggle with her is going. Oh, it is so. Uh-oh. You know, there, you know you there's love, a ministry for everybody, Lisa. She has a. Lisa's a part of the uh, the hand pray, clapping men. No, she's a part of the preaching men, ministry because we had problems with hand clapping. Yeah, I don't have rhythm either. It's so we. Oh, she just preaches. She gives a prophetic word. <laughs> I, I've already said it on the air. Our, our listeners are, are are well. They know about uh, rhythmless nations. Yeah. Okay. Oh man, we gonna have to pray and fast. We gonna have to pray and fast. She said pray and fast. That's that's a good point though, man. You know, and that's what I was saying to Lisa a little bit earlier about, you know, going back to the women's conferences. You know, they'll they'll try to teach these young girls like, hey, like you're beautiful. God loves you. You were made in His image. Don't be like Beyonce. <laughs> and that's really not like I feel like we really reduce people and their we kind love of talk- Beyonce at brunch culture. We don't want her to listen to this and think she that we have No, her. like let me tell you something, okay? Beyonce is fierce. We all know this, okay? <laughs> but I let my daughter listen to Beyonce and heck no, but like you know, Beyonce is fierce and she might get some play in my bedroom, you know. <laughs> anyway. Well for Randall Kelly Rowling rules his life, so Uh oh. Say she do. There's nothing like K World. She skyped me on her birthday and it was just. It changed Are you serious? Yeah, what she skyped me. He lied. Oh, man. Tim, Tim would have a fit. And that's, that's her husband name, right, Tim? Who what? Husband name. Lisa, you're breaking up. I'm not sure what you're talking about. Let's um, let's move on. That would be. Kelly is single in his world, okay? That baby they just had, that wasn't. That's y'all child? You know how celebrities have like things that they have to do, like they have managers and people come up and say, you got to do this for image. And I understand that we we have these talks. We've been having these talks for years. And so I'm just kind of numb to it. People don't the world sees a certain thing and they kind of get it. But it's, you know, I it's, I believe that relationships are sacred. And so we keep it between ourselves. We don't really oh, like and this talk. is why we need mental health talks in the church. <laughs> this is exactly <laughs> This is why we need mental health conversations. You gonna say we need mental health because I'm talking about me and my wife? Like this is, I'm not. Wow, I think I'm gonna tip out, guys. Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Follow me on Twitter. Uh... (laughs) You know, people become delusional. Um, there's things you know we really need to work through. Delusional. I don't. You know, and guys, this is what I, I say. This all relationships are sacred it's not between the rest of the world what people don't know this way you can't allow people's because their opinions will start and then they want you to get mad and you want to call her and just be upset and be like i'm sick of this stunt you know let's just give it up for the world let's just be up but i understand like this is her calling and she has a duty and that's what she's fulfilling her duty and her purpose i've already reconciled this i don't have to explain it to the rest of the world so you know we good we good over here we eating over here that's what we doing okay yep. oh. Wow. I am literally speechless. <laughs> he just dropped he dropped the mic down like Randy Watson. What's understood don't have to be explained. That's that's what you it said is. what? What's understood don't have to be explained. You know? Still recognize real Randall. Yeah, see? See? I, I knew I liked you, Melody. You get it. You understand. That's why you got you understand, you know? <laughs> just don't let him you're gonna let him be deceived in God. That's what we're gonna let him do. <laughs> Anyway, uh, no. Yes. I was gonna say one thing. I wanted to ask before uh, before we wrap. I just there's this one. There's something I've realized and I learned and I didn't think about it. And we kept talking about Beyonce, and it's actually something that I, you know, forgive me, y'all don't slap me, but it's not something I even thought about until she started this whole movement about, you know, well, she made a mention of it in one of her songs, but she's saying like, you know, men are. Women are kind of raised to think that marriage is like that's that's the definition of successful. Like you have to be married and you're kind of like bred 
that you should be a wife. And that is the thing that you kind of must do. And if you don't, you won't be successful. And honestly, as a man, I've been told that, you know, I should get married, but it's kind of been very, I don't want to say optional because there's, it's not optional, but it's one of those things of you decide when you're ready. So, you know, if you're 23, you're 25, you're 28, you're 30, you're 35. If for whatever reasons you aren't ready to commit to one woman, don't worry about it. You got time. It's good. But then women, on the other hand, again, I didn't realize it until like, listen, I heard the Beyonce song and I was like, huh, I never thought about that. And then, you know, t- asking other women and hearing that and it's like, wow, that's a thing. So why do you think that's a thing? And what do you think that the world can do and then the church can do to kind of combat that story? Because the reality is there's way more women in the world than there are men. So there's a high possibility that it just may not happen. So like, that's what I how does, <laughs> yeah, how does that work? And what, what should both, what should the world be doing? And then what should the church be doing to kind of bring that practical fact into into the story and people can live out with that oh lisa you wanna you wanna start start this one? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, um, let's, let's, he yeah. didn't ask me but i i will give my two cents i think that, yeah please, <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> i think that it, for for us as women this whole thing where marriage is the ultimate goal is something that's you know kind of perpetuated and being where I am in life right now, it's not in, it's not in the forefront of my mind. Like that's not even a goal I'm trying to achieve at this point. Mm-hmm. I have so many other things going on right now. To take that on as a goal would be to me very draining um, because it's mm-hmm. something that I can't control. I don't right. control mm-hmm. when I meet Mr. Right. And I think that putting that in front of people puts, uh, puts pressure on them. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, it's, it's not something you can control. It's not when people ask you, why are you not married? And you thinking, well, you know, if I wanted to, it's not something there's, there's <laughs> a lot of things in life. You can't just pick, you know what I'm saying? Like right. no, that's somebody asking yeah. you like, why aren't you not a millionaire right now? Well, you know, I... they, they were out <laughs> at Walmart. Not right. They sold out. <laughs> The tree didn't, the tree, the money tree hasn't grown. You know, I just got to put it, you know, it's like those things you can't really, you don't have control over. So why worry about something that I can't control? Um, one, but still, and two, for a lot of people, that's not a goal at all. They don't want marriage. They don't want children. I'm still trying to debate whether I want children, you know, that's just not something I want. And so people have to understand that women have other goals besides getting married and mm-hmm. having children. And I think for so long in our society that that's been the ultimate goal. People have this stigma like, oh, you want to get married. Oh, you're a certain age. And because women, I guess there's a childbearing age um, versus men. They don't, you know, they could kind of shoot, shoot out. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow Lisa. Jeez. Even I wasn't expecting to hear that one. <laughs> like they kind of did too. <laughs> I mean, you know, you have the ability. Was that bad? Uh, was that bad? That was my. Okay, I'm gonna take it from here. Um, <laughs> thanks, Lisa. Thanks. Um, <laughs> so, uh, to piggyback off of Miss Fields, um. Yeah, everything she said is true, but I think, you know, it kind of goes back to uh, dominant culture, which is uh, patriarchal from the beginning. Um, and we haven't really, I mean, as forward as, you know, we've moved sort of um, in progress, I guess you can say. And to some people, <laughs> we've just gone back to the pits of hell. Uh, <laughs> some people think feminism is like the worst thing that's ever happened to mankind. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there's still a lot of traditional values, um, and, you know, perspectives that are held, you know, to a standard for women. And that's one of them. Uh, 
I, Beyonce hit the nail on the head and um she actually was quoting uh an author whose name I cannot recall right now which is horrible but um yeah you know it is very very true and uh that's the thing you know a lot of times and I'm going to circle this back around to what you asked me earlier about why you know why do you think these women conferences only touch on these things is because we've been uh from the beginning women have been taught like this is what you are this is what you're kind of reduced to mm-hmm. um and so that's why these topics are so narrow um and there's just not a lot you know of variety you know there's not a lot of acknowledgement of the whole person right. and um it's it's i think it's changing you know bit by bit i think we have a long way to go but it's it is a very real thing. You creep into those late twenties and and you start to see your other friends getting married and having babies, and you think, well, well, man, what am I? You know, uh, this is supposed to be me, you know. And uh, even if you're not ready or if that's not what you want, and society, um, they that's what that's what still what it is that we, you know, we're supposed to have babies by a certain age, supposed to be married, and it's not optional, you know. And if and if if you choose not to, you're going to be looked looked at like you got like three heads you know people gonna whisper about you you know well and, i always uh, say just wait to the next round in about five years it'll be a new round the same people that just got married they might be circling around catch the next uh-oh. round <laughs> <laughs> hey you going back to those stats lisa those divorce stats wow <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> y'all wow man this is awesome <laughs> around they'll probably be give it maybe in this culture with ashley madison stuff just give it oh, a two just freed up a whole bunch of folks <laughs> yeah lot, but you well, might not want the people that was people can change give it yeah this you got, is the, got a three to five year sanctification process so maybe you'll be ready by family <laughs> you'll be ready by family <laughs> It'll be all I'm at a year and a half. I got I got another year to go. <laughs> it's like a twelve step program. You know what I mean? <laughs> so all y'all single women, y'all just hold on. It's about twenty million people that got caught up this week. <laughs> Wait a minute. Get up a little let them rehabilitate. They done learned their lesson. <laughs> Let them rehabilitate. They done learned their oh, lesson. You catch them on the next round. Just hold on. Wow. Five years. Oh. You'll have a whole slew of people. <laughs> wow. wow, Lisa. <laughs> Y'all too tonight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on this day? Have taken me out. Thank you. I appreciate both of you guys. <laughs> so I, I, I was one... a ratchet. Okay. I just wanted to shoot out. she's still on the shootout like that was was that inappropriate oh man you're not even gonna go there to the pure all things are pure amen i don't know now i don't know but the um (laughs) because some things are just kind of (laughs) obvious then she said it twice it's like they shoot out then they shoot but <laughs> like they cock it and shoot, then they shoot again. You know what? <laughs> this just got real uncomfortable, real fast. And we didn't even know. Zero to awkward. <laughs> right, right. Real. <laughs> so you know, I'm gonna ask you the final question. Okay. Well, unless Randall got another one. Um, Here. <laughs> uh. So what? What? What are the you? I know you, we talked about it. What are some practical things? What are the the top things you think that you want to see? I know you said something about um, talking about like mental health, molestation. Are those oh, yeah. the, the two? And I think you mentioned another. Are those the, those the ones you think that are most critical for women? Ooh. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think uh, mental health uh, is a huge one. Um, there just needs, there needs to be more conversation about that period, uh, within the black community, within churches, Christian community, you know, there just needs to be more conversation about, uh, mental health, um, and just destigmatizing mental illness. Um, 
And also, yeah, like I said, um, it wasn't until I joined a, a sorority and when I was in college that I realized how many women had been victims of sexual assault or molestation or rape. And it really it jarred me. Um, and we pro- we need to be having those conversations uh, mm-hmm. in churches where they can really receive kind of the restoration and healing that we claim to offer all the time, you know? Um, but we, it's, these are hard conversations and so many women, you know, go to church and are told to cover up and put on a lap scarf and to, you know, wear the right type of clothes and not open their legs. And then they get married and they still have all this baggage from when somebody touched them or raped them. Right. Uh, and it's not being dealt with, you know, and it's real for women. They some women carry a lot of scars, a lot of hurt. And I think that's definitely important. And then just practical. Just have fun. Like I said, I would love to see some dance floors, do some dance classes or something like, you know, I'm not going to say twerk for Jesus, but I will say <laughs> what I will say. Shake a leg or two, huh? You know what I'm saying? You can keep a shuffle for Christ, you know, and <laughs> just have some fun. Like, oh my goodness, we don't have to be so stiff. Goodness gracious, go, go. I want to see women go, like, go play, like, I don't even know, go play a game, go to an arcade, just do something totally left field from what most of those things, you know, consist of. And, that's it. Randy Watson, dropping the mic. Follow me on Twitter, Miss Billy Monroe. God bless you guys. Thank you for having me. Seriously. <laughs> oh, but you just closed off. Thank you again yeah. so much, Melody. We we have it was I think it was a good balanced conversation. We appreciate your insight. Um, as you said, you people can follow you on Twitter and it's at Miss Melanie Melody Monroe, correct? Yes, Last sir. Time. I'm on uh, Facebook, Instagram. I don't do the Snapchat like the young people, but um, Got to get into that. It's great. It's gonna I, you know, I'm I'm getting I'm I might I'm yeah I probably won't yeah I'm not even going to that <laughs> uh, But that's where you can find me. Uh, and let's keep supporting brunch culture because you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate all of. I appreciate you and Lisa's perspective. So thank you. So now it's time for our toast to roast. Toast. Or a roast. This week we are we will have a collective toast to something that um is very important to both of us. We had one of the reasons that we weren't able to bring brunch culture last week is because we have a site that we've been we've promoted on brunch culture. We've talked about I'm Pro You. It is a movement. It's not only a website, it's a social site, um, but it truly is a movement of positivity and supporting the people around you, the people that you love and support and admire. And it is I'm pro you. It's IPY. We've mentioned it again. The website is www.iampro.u.com. And last week, Lisa and I actually had a television news spot on the local news in Jacksonville where we just, we talked about it and discussed what the site was and people got a chance to preview it. And we actually launched it last Saturday. So that was a really big deal. Um, and we just want to say that we are pro, I'm pro you. And if you haven't got a chance to go check it out, go check it out, pro somebody and make sure that that somebody pros the next person. It really and truly is a movement. And I think that this is something that is going to revolutionize the way that social media works. We are so kind of just in this space of how social media is. And I think sometimes, you know, people can just get out of hand, uh, with posting, and it's not even just about it being all extremely negative, but it can be extremely selfish or extremely self-centered, or you're really not taking an opportunity to look for somebody else. And I'm pro you is truly the answer to all that. And I'm just excited about it. I think it's dope. Yes, I'm really excited. I'm pro you. I'm really amped about the future of it. And thank you all for who who have went on the site, who who gave us shout outs, um, who yeah. saw the interview that you could check out the interview on our on the I am pro you website mm-hmm. um the tab pro videos and you'll be able to see it at the top and um it's just really dope it's happening fast it's kind of surreal so we're excited about how, this journey and what God allows us to do with it so I'm excited toast I'm to I'm pro definitely you. excited toast to I'm pro you 
So we want to leave you as always with a good vibe. This week's good vibe is if we get comfortable with present success and refuse to evolve beyond our past achievements, failure is in our future. And that comes from Jonathan Miller. Um, so, you know, don't get comfortable, you know, keep pushing, enjoy, enjoy the moment. Definitely don't negate what's going on and what you're achieving um, because you want to enjoy the moment because you only get you. You don't want to miss the moment. But don't dwell on it so much that you don't think like I got to I can't rest in this. I have to go on to something else. I have to keep pushing. I can't, you know, get get stuck here. So exactly. You have to be intentional, intentional about growing. And that's like one of the things about being intentional about what the next level is. And it doesn't doesn't mean that the next level is going to be something that's that big. And, you know, success is really defined. It's very, very relative. It's defined by you. So if you have you know become uh an exec at your job well that's success so what's your next move what's next and next your next move could be to just you know get comfortable in this position and start a family or work on a hobby and you know develop yourself in your craft it could be i want to write a book i want to read more i want to play three books a week like whatever that is be on the next level and it doesn't mean that it has to be like these huge things of success but we really have to be intentional about getting to our next step and not just saying like, oh, I've done all this stuff. I've achieved all this stuff. So I have eyes because I really think that it's when you think that you arrive, that you really fall completely off of anything you've achieved because you kind of become close minded. And it's pretty lame. Don't be lame. Keep growing. All it's right. a That's sweet. Don't be lame. Keep growing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so check us out on iHeartRadio. Go to the website or the app. And search brunch culture and listen to us on there too. We're everywhere. We're everywhere you want to be. I think that's a, a slogan for somewhere. But <laughs> remember at brunch culture, everything is up for discussion.